All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 3 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we've got Dylan D. Berthium, Michael Biebs Bondi. Sounds like we've got another visitor as well, Cricket, in here. Hopefully you guys can't hear it. But um, Brock beats us all to that joke, yeah. eh? Sorry. We want one joke, bro. I know. I was like, nice. Got a great joke to come in on now. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, no. Not cool. But we're here. Um, We're in good spirit. Yeah. Cricket cricket seems to be pumped up, so uh, (laughs) might be a little loud. But um, yeah, you know, hockey season's upon us quicker than anyone thought. Um, Football started today, Mm -hmm. you know? Just a day of sitting on the couch being a potato. So here we are. Um, so yeah, today we're going to start our latest, what, 2021 version of the fantasy hockey draft prep. Yeah. Um, before we These get into big. that, I would like to introduce our newest sponsor. Uh, we have brought on Fantrax uh, to be a part of the Daily Faceoff team. Uh, and Welcome, FT. You know, if you are still sticking with ESPN or Yahoo, it is time to ditch those old school platforms yeah. and switch over to Fantrax today. They have the most customizable fantasy platform on the market. Uh, as good as it gets when it comes to keeper dynasty leagues, you can do literally anything you want. So ditch these old 
ESPN, Yahoo Leagues. Move over to Fan Tracks today. Uh, if you make the switch right now and tell them that the DFO podcast or Daily Faceoff sent you, you will be registered to win a signed Nathan McKinnon jersey, which Wait. means I know that that gets whoa, you excited. Whoa, whoa, so whoa. I know you're already moving your leagues over to Fan Tracks now. Absolutely. Um, I actually just sent out an email. It's been about 12 seconds since you've dropped that, and I've now sent an email to everyone in my league saying, we are going, boys. I'm not going to tell them why, but uh, damn, I look good in a nice signed Mac jersey. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, this is our 2021 Fantasy Hockey Preview part of the season. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to really uh, ramp up our preseason coverage. Today, we're going to break down the center position. Uh, as we do every year, we will go position by position, giving you guys uh, our, our, our top sleepers, breakouts, busts, and, and top 15, 10 uh, at each position. So, um, without any further ado, let's get right into our top 15 centers for this year. Uh, but before we do that, I do just want to say that we had a hell of a time uh, setting up the audio. It's been this is the first time we've done. Oh yeah, we've done a podcast live in person in a very long time. I, I sounded don't claim like to be. I don't claim to be very smart when it comes to this stuff. I am really just a hockey writer, so I'm sure if no the audio quality isn't great. Uh, we will work the kinks out. Uh, eventually, COVID, uh, we, we put this yeah. thing away for a little while, but we're back live in person. It's nice to see you boys. When Let's we get- uh, when we were figuring it out, I sounded like T Pain, so we got some songs going here. I tried to convince them to get the um, the opening tune going, let me sing it out, um, but that didn't happen. So we literally have probably enough material to release like a small album. <laughs> I, I thought it was fine. I thought we yeah. should just go ahead and let Beebs record like that. He's never sounded better. Yeah, we might work that in all time. So you know, if you guys want me to go auto tune twenty four seven, that just might be the thing, and we might be the first ever fantasy hockey <laughs> podcast with an auto tune guy. But um, back to serious stuff. So. That was in, pretty serious, though. In the past, we would go through our top tens at each position, kind of break it down, like who had, who was in our top three, who was in Dylan's top three, who yeah. was in Beeb's. This year, we decided to put all, all of our rankings together Mine was always and sweet. create a consensus top 15 at each position. Uh, so what we're going to do is just rattle through our top 15 at the position and kind of just talk about uh, some of our differences between our rankings and why we have certain players ranked where we have them. So, uh, as I mentioned, let's start with the centers, and we will start obviously at the top with Connor McDavid. Uh, all three of us have Connor McDavid ranked as number one. Tap in. Uh, it doesn't really seem um, anybody has Connor McDavid ranked anything other than yeah. one this year. No, if they do, of- they're trying to be edgy and like, don't be edgy. Yeah. It's obvious. Push it, it, in. it was a bit of a debate yeah. last year, um, but I think McDavid quickly put the, that debate to rest. Yeah. There was um, always the Kucherov debate, but yes. I mean, not at center ever. So yeah. that, and that's never going to apply again. So, so, I mean, he got off to a ridiculous start. We did an episode probably, you know, a month, couple weeks into the season and said, like, is McDavid going to get to 100 points? And it just seemed so far-fetched at that time to think that this guy could possibly get to 100 points in a 56-game season. He did that uh, by scoring 33 goals with 72 assists, 105 points in a 56-game season. Clearly... Um, yeah. in a league of his own and, when it comes uh, to fantasy production. For people who don't remember, a lot of those points came in the very hefty fantasy playoff week. So Connor McDavid willingly took just basically every team that I know he was on in fantasy last year. Um, 
not just to the finals, not just to the semis. He won the whole thing because, you know, he had a nice little setup against Vancouver last year. But anyone who can single-handedly win you stuff is an, is a consensus number one. And he won. I don't know if there's a league where he didn't win. So, you know. No, he was kinda, just absolutely yeah. dominant last year, uh, to be sure. Um, number two, things change up a little bit. And, D, we'll get to you right away here. Um, Biebs and I both have Nathan McKinnon at number two. Heard of him? You have Leon Dreisaitl there. Um, you know, kind of make your case to why you are taking Leon over Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, Leon's really been the only one that we've seen come close to keeping pace with Connor these last few years. Um, I love McKinnon. I'd be happy to end up with him on my team. I do think if I had the pick, though, I would just lean towards Leon. Um, You know, we're splitting hairs here. Obviously, McKinnon really last year was kind of the first time he ran into any sort of injury trouble. Uh, but Leon, I think, has missed like four games over the last five seasons. Um, German Steel. Yeah, and McKinnon, while he, you know he is really consistent, um, he hasn't topped a hundred points yet. Drysaddle's done it twice in each of the last or two of the last three seasons. Obviously, McDavid was the only one to do it last year in the shortened season. Drysaddle finished with eighty-four. Um, he's outscored McKinnon each of the last few or three seasons. Just a little bit more reliable when it comes to. Uh, putting the puck in the net too. But again, like I said, we're splitting hairs at this point. Um, I just think when we're looking at like the upper, upper echelon of production, I think Leon, as he's shown, uh, has the ability to break into, you know, the 110 or even flirt with 120 points where McKinnon seems to be topping out at, you know, in the high 90s, maybe break into the low 100s. And it's probably just because one of them gets to play with Connor McDavid and, and one of them doesn't. Um, so that's why I would go Leon. You know, like I said, just has been a little bit more durable um scores a few more goals and gets a few more assists and uh, again all of that probably a product of just getting to play with uh mcdavid renton and, and landis cog are great but obviously you know mcdavid just a, on another level when it when it comes to um quality of line mate so uh yeah i i think it like i said splitting hairs but dry title's got the slight edge for me it's interesting um i think the one thing that would definitely make a case for dry settle for me obviously you did a terrific job there but you know we're talking about centers here but on yahoo he also has yeah left wing eligibility i don't know what it is on espn i don't know what it is on fan tracks but it's like that also plays a huge role like you're not because if you're drafting him as a left winger he is way better oh yeah way more important to your team as a left winger because we'll get to it in our later episodes we kind of always start the centers ease our way back into it because centers are so deep so easy to talk about where when you start breaking down the top 15, 20 left wing, right wings like we did today, it's like, holy shit, there's not a whole lot of quality there. So yeah. that definitely gives uh, Dreisaitl a little bit of an edge there. Um, it is crazy if you extrapolate his numbers over the last three seasons. It, it, it's You really got to play the extrapolation game now with the last Ugh. two short seasons. Uh, so we're back into doing that again. But um, in the last three seasons, on pace for 49 goals, 69 assists, 118 points per 82 games. Uh, for Leon Dreisaitl. Um, the only difference really between these two, obviously maybe a couple more points there for Leon over McKinnon, um, but Leon over that time averages about 242 shots per 82 games, whereas McKinnon 352 shots. So, um, you know, almost a, over 110 more shots on a season, uh, but you're right, basically just splitting hairs. I think I gave McKinnon a slight edge just because you're getting an extra 110 shots. Uh, out of him in a season, the point production could be probably pretty similar by the time the season. Yeah, I could go up. either way on that one. Yeah, um, and I still like and Biebs, you would you would be able to to really say this best, but don't you feel like I feel like you haven't seen it 
all. Yeah, even yeah. Just not even from McKinnon, but also just the Avalanche yeah. as a whole. Like you, McCarr just seems to be getting better and better every year. Ranton getting better and better every year. Like they're gonna be a horse again, and maybe they take even another step forward and McKinnon becomes that much more dominant this year. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. I mean, obviously, it's wishful thinking to not, you know, they did take the President's Trophy, so to, to think you're going to be another step better is, is awfully crazy. But at the same time, I do think, uh, you know, these, these are young guys. It's, McKinnon's only 26 this year. Obviously, Dry Settle's 25, but people around him, you got Makar at 21, you just have very young options, guys stepping into, you know, their absolute prime. Could happen, but yeah, I, honestly, this one, I wouldn't want to touch it with a 800-foot pole. Um, I would rather have the position where someone's going to choose that person in front of me, either choose Jai Scheidler or McKinnon, and let me uh, just, you know, get either of the two and pick later in the draft. But, uh, you know, also love McKinnon, so... On fan tracks right now, according to ADP, McDavid 1, Dreisaitl 2, McKinnon 3. So uh, according to the general consensus uh, of the public right now, obviously still very, very early in the process, uh, the public opinion seems to agree with UD having Dreisaitl just slightly ahead of McKinnon right now. The consensus number four for all of us uh, was Austin Matthews. He's also the fourth um, off the board, according to ADP at fan tracks as well. Uh, so Austin Matthews, um, obviously just a tremendous talent. I, I think the God. one thing to, you could say, uh, you know, he's probably and just not quite the same tier as those three guys ahead of him. Uh, obviously, goal production-wise, he's, he's elite. He's among the best in the, in the world. Uh, but overall, point totals, maybe not going to be able to match that of the McDavid, Dreisaitl, and McKinnon. But Matthews almost, while he's not quite in that tier, doesn't he feel like he's just in a tier by himself as well yeah like, goal like scoring you, wise yeah like he's, if, you uh, yeah. if you don't get one of those first three like there's really no other option but to take matthews next yeah and especially in uh, center, yeah and especially in leagues that have premium for for goal scoring as well um i think in those leagues you could even justify taking him as high as two because uh yeah he, he has a legitimate you know shot to score 50 60 goals every season and um yeah I just you know based off the current he doesn't pace hurt the wrist last at. year he's doing 50 I yeah. Bet. yeah and and a shortened season yeah. right so um yeah it'll be exciting to see what again what he can do in a full 82 because it's been a, a few seasons since we, we've got to see everybody go the full 82 um but yeah I, 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 like i said like you said he really especially with ov you know maybe starting to take a step back I'm, I'm sure i'll be eating those words within you know a few weeks into the season but um you know, I, I think Ovi's probably coming in, you know, you feel better about him coming in near at 40 goals where Matthews is the one guy that you can draft and really hope to, to push for, a, you know, above 50 goals this season. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at the first five years of his career uh, and you extrapolate those numbers over 82 games, he's averaging 49 goals per 82 games. So just to average 49 goals, you know, especially Sheesh. just in the first five years of your career it is insane production. Uh, Beebs, anything else to add on Austin Matthews? Nah, he's a goal machine. You nailed it. If you are, uh, I mean, it's easier to get assists out there than it is to get goals. So if you can get Austin Matthews, it makes your draft a lot, lot easier for you. Um, not to not to go back to it, but, you know, take take away a wrist injury last year, and, and he's having a crazy year, and we are easily talking about him right there with uh, Dreisaitl and McKinnon. So, yeah, I think you're right. He is, you know, maybe just on the bubble of the tier, but he is – poking away and we could easily be talking about him at two next year if, you know either of these guys have a down year which no none of these guys are having a down yeah year. and hopefully we see him actually stay healthy for the full yeah. season too because you fun know to watch and he hasn't missed uh you know a, a big chunk of time in any of the particular seasons but he has just kind of had you know little knacks and injuries each of the past few years that's causing a miss around 10 to 15 games so 
you know, the top three guys, like we said, really haven't had that. McKinnon missed some time last year, but before that, nothing really. And then uh, McDavid obviously had the shoulder a few years ago, but clean record aside from that. So I think that's something that Matthews, will, you know, should hopefully look to shake this year and, and get as close to playing the full 82 as possible. Yeah, it, it, it is going to be fun, not only just to see all these guys go back and play in full 82-game seasons, but getting that full fantasy hockey experience, too. Like, it, 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 yeah. it's so short last year. Like, it was like, oh, playoffs, and then it was, uh, season was over, basically. So, um, all right, so we talked about how McDavid, McKinnon, Dreisaitl probably in a tier of their own. Then you drop down to Matthews, probably in a tier of his own. Uh, based on our consensus rankings, there's a pretty clear, defined third tier as well, uh, with Sidney Crosby coming in at 5, um, Alexander Barkov coming in at six, Sebastian Aho coming in at seven, and Braden Point coming in at eight. Um, all three or all four of these guys, excuse me, very close in rankings for all three of us. Uh, Sidney Crosby though did grade out as the fifth best uh, player according to us, and uh, you both had him at five. I had him a little bit lower at seven, and and honestly, I think if if you could guarantee me that all these guys were going to play 82 games, um, Crosby would be my number five as well. The problem is Crosby um, is going to miss the start of the season already. He, he's already starting kind of behind the eight ball. He's not expected to miss a lot of time, a like week. a week or two. Yeah. But the fact that he's already kind of a guy who, I mean, he has shed that label of being injury prone. He's been a lot more durable here in the last kind of seven, eight years of his career than he was early on. But just kind of starting behind the eight ball for me makes me a little bit concerned, especially when you're ranking him around guys who, you know, Alexander Barkov, Sebastian Aho, Braden Point, three guys that really are not known for missing any time. I was incredibly shocked with your Barkov ranking, by the way, Brock. I thought thought you would be the highest of all of us. He's usually your boy. He's usually what you go with. But no, you make a good point. That loss a week, but at the same time, I don't want to look too far into it because all it takes is, you know, Barkov or Ajo having no points in their first two games, and they've just missed a week. Um, and we're on the same page as Crosby. Obviously, his legs aren't going to be going as much, but it's Sidney Crosby. It's just so hard not to have him in the top five. I feel like we're almost doing an injustice to hockey if we didn't, and uh, I just don't want to piss off the hockey gods, Brock, because uh, we're having good fantasy luck lately. But um, for me, it's just, you know, Crosby's so nails. He just he just, he's, he just does it. Um, these other guys you're taking a a high chance on not so much Barkov, but Aho, I think it's it's a lot more a ceiling than you are, you know, what you're actually going to get. And Crosby year after year ends up in uh, in that top 10 in league scoring. And I think we got to still treat him that way until he knocks himself out. Yeah, I, I do think in my mind, Crosby is a bit on, you know, just maybe a, a slightly, maybe half tier above um, the other three guys. As it stands today, you know, I think as we get closer to draft season, find out more about the injuries, see if he is actually on track to only miss a week yeah, and you keep know keep an eye on that That's and you know like asterisk. yeah yeah if he's only set to miss two or three games then i have no problem still picking him ahead of the other guys if it's starting to look like you know it could be a bit more than that and you know he's not coming back to the you know end of october early november um which there's been no indication of that but like i said if, if it does drag on a little bit and we're getting that sense closer to draft time then maybe i like to take uh barkov or, or someone ahead of him but uh, i think crosby obviously uh can you know, has comfortably been able to produce above a point a game, even these last few seasons. Uh, and we haven't really seen that consistently from the other three guys. Aho is kind of been capped at about a point per game for about three seasons now is kind of have, uh, you know, obviously he's playing great, but you know, having a tough time breaking through to that, that next tier. Um, Barkov, we've seen flashes of a point, had that one great season a few years ago, but otherwise these are guys that, um, you know, all kind of generally cap out at about a point per game. Whereas Crosby, you know, you, you have the confidence that if he's healthy, 
and he's going to play anywhere near a full 82 games that he's going to, you know, f- at least flirt with about 85, 90 points. So uh, I just think he's, like I said, maybe about a half tier above the other guys, but definitely keep an eye on that injury as we get closer um, to fantasy drafts. Yeah, so next up on the list, we've got Alexander Barkov and Sebastian Aho. They actually tied uh, 4-6 in our rankings. Um, I have Aho at 5. I just, I really still, <laughs> I love um, what the Carolina Hurricanes ha- are building there. I still think that that top line is, is among the best of the entire NHL. And I think just the one thing more than anything that, that Sebastian Aho offers is a little bit more goal, goal scoring. Uh, he's a guy that we could rely, you can rely on to top 35 goals easily, and a guy that could really push uh, for 40 goals here. Obviously, it's not something he's he's done. He scored 38 last year in a shortened season, uh, so he's a guy in a full season. I think that can kind of just take his game to to an, another level and and reach that 40 goal plateau. Um, where Barkov, you know, he probably settles in comfortably around 30 uh, with like 60 assists, obviously, but. Um, last full season, yeah, yeah, 35 and 61. So Yeah, so I, I think I have Aho just slightly ahead just because I think he's a little bit better of a goal scorer. But realistically, I love every single one of these guys. I really, I, you know, I'm not going to be upset if I land any of them. But, um, you know, really splitting hairs here in the middle. Uh, for me, I went uh, Aho, Point, Crosby, Barkoff. Um, Biebs, you went Crosby, Barkoff, Point, Aho. Uh, so maybe make a, a case for for Barkov and, and points ahead of Aho. Yeah, absolutely. You heard me. Um, you you heard the numbers there. I got Barkov at six. Um, for me, it's just it's the pieces around him. Um, you know the Huberto, the now um, Reinhardt. You know that it's just it. it for Barkov is just such an elite talent. I mean, you you said it. Aho can give you that forty goals, but at the same time, I mean, you're kind of flirting with the same thing with all of them. Um, Bar- I just really like those assists. Um, I think Barkov takes his points to a little bit neck a next tier. Obviously, it is through the assist way, but um, but for me, I just it's the pieces around him. I mean, but it's hard to also chirp what's going on in Carolina. It's a it's an absolute power horse wagon over there. Um, but again, for me, it's just you know Barkov top five point scorer in my mind. I gotta have him up there, and just you know, Huberto is is, is so elite with him. Um, Braden Point though, that one is a little bit harder to justify. Um, but again, I think you could put all three of these guys in a bag, pull them out, and you're kind of getting the you're gonna get different production each year. You might have you know each one switching out each time. Um, but uh, after you gave your po- your Aho Point, Brock, I'm really struggling to give to get Braden Point up there, but also your internet is struggling to load up Braden Point's point page. So that's uh it's kinda of why I've just been dabbling. Well I, I will say in you know, as far as Barkov goes in and his goal scoring record, he we did see a big improvement in his shot volume last year. He had hundred and seventy six shots in just fifty games. Um, which, you know, w- would have easily taken him past his, his previous career high. Uh, he scored just at above a, a goal uh, every other game, so above a forty goal pace. Uh, and shot right around his career average as well for shooting percentage. So uh, if that continues this year, you know, I think Barkov could even, you know, if he's scoring 40 goals and certainly has the upside and the potential of 100 points. And again, just haven't seen that from Aho yet. I certainly think he has the potential, but at the top end of the draft, uh, I'm always going to give an edge to, to track record uh, over upside. Yeah. Um, so that's why I got I got Barkov there. I do have Aho above point for the record. Yeah. Um, just because I, I, I point think... has done the forty, I guess that's kind of why I got him there. He's just yeah. done it before. He's hit the forty. Where Aho, we're, we're we're hoping for a forty, but yeah. point we've seen it um, and two years. There's obviously you know it's it's a little bit more crowded up front there in Tampa Bay than than Carolina, obviously, and it, I think that's always going to cap points upside a little bit. 
um, with how they've been rolling out their top six the last few years. So, uh, yeah, obviously he has the potential. We saw him hit 90 points, but that was with some pretty absurd shooting uh, or personal uh, on ice and, 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 yeah, personal shooting percentage. So uh, wouldn't expect him to get, get back to that. But, yeah, they all clearly have the potential. I, I just think Barkov's a little bit more consistent uh, than Aho, and, he, and he's shown it, like I said. Yeah, Point uh, obviously looked great in the playoffs again. Getting Kucherov back is huge for yeah, him. Big, big. Um, it, it's interesting because Point, you know, obviously, you know, terrific seasons. Last year without Kucherov wasn't great. 48 points in 56 games. Definitely a disappointment. Still but the then, goal he's production led, he's, was pretty elite, though. He's, he's led the NHL in goals in the playoffs two years in a row. Yeah. And it's just like he seems to kind of take his game to a new level in the postseason. And if you could just turn that into a full you know, regular season, I think his kind of potential still is somewhat untapped, which is crazy to think. For sure. Um, and again, I'm just drafting track record over upside at, at that, you know, at that point in the draft, at the top end of the draft. Yeah, but, so to, to kind yeah. of further your point there, um, again, playing the extrapolation game, we're going to be doing it a lot here uh, in the preseason. Uh, over the last few seasons, Barkov averaging 34 goals, 56 assists, 90 points over 82 per 82 games. Aho at 37 and 45 for 82 points. Point at 35, 43 for 78 points. Um, so, Barkov definitely a, a guy that's you know proven track record. Big fan of the show here. Or, well, the show's <laughs> a big fan. Of him. Goes he, a little both he ways. Doesn't, he doesn't yeah, love both the ways. No, he definitely does. Eh. Um, the the we do uh, get a lot of love in uh, Scandinavia. Probably yeah, Chuck's that's true here, actually. Right? Um, but yeah, if you take a look here at Fantrax, Sasha ADPs, and his boys, <laughs> Alexander Barkov is, is clearly ahead uh, of the rest of these guys. Yeah. Uh, his current ADP is 12, so very end of the first round. Um, and then you go down to 17 uh, for Sidney Crosby, 19 for Sebastian Aho, um, and you got to go a little bit further even for Braden Point. So uh, <laughs> Alexander Barkov, uh, you know, a, a fan favorite right now as well. <laughs> Jesus. Murphy, Dylan, it is a little warm. It's hot. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan just shed the tarp, and uh, this this <laughs> this podcast just it's about reached to be a, a new level show, for yeah. sure. A lot more uh, nipples in it. All right, uh, just trying to free the nip, guys. Moving down now uh, for for the next probably. <laughs> I think the rest of these guys you could probably group it in a pretty similar tier. Get another bag going. Just like um, that other bag we had going for the last three. Get another bag. We chuck these guys in. Same yeah, thing. I honestly, I think that, you know, you could make an argument for, for pretty much any of these guys. I, I think that Mark Shifley, we have him consensus at nine. Mika Zibanejad uh, at ten. I think you could probably argue that they're maybe in a league of their own a little bit ahead of the, the guys below them, um, which is John Tavares at 11, Patrice Bergeron at 12. Um, Tavares, I think, is a tough guy to so hard project this year just with the injury last year. I think, you know, all, all signs are, are pointing towards him, you know, being okay and being healthy for the start of 2022. Um, yeah, he was skating but, uh, by the time, like, before they even got knocked Yeah, out. so he should be fine. Um, but to me, I, I think Shifley... Obviously, is is the next clear um, target in the in this area for me. Um, and Zibanejad is, is a guy that I, you know. D, I know you absolutely love him, so I'll let you talk about Zibanejad. I still have a hard time. <laughs> you got to enjoy those five point nine. Oh my goodness. Seven point. I still have a hard time. You know, I definitely won't drive the Zibanejad train. I, I would be happy. But you got to jump on the Zibanejad. I would be train. happy to have him on my team. I just think he goes a little bit too early in drafts for my liking. Uh, but the shot volume is absolutely exceptional. Um, you know, he had back-to-back 74 and 75-point seasons. That 75-point season was in a 57-game uh, season. Last year, he had 50 points in 56 games. So um, definitely 
you know, playing with Panarin, you know, not so much at 5v5, but just on the same team, playing the same power play, uh, that team is definitely improving as well. Um, but for me, I still like Shifley a little bit more than Zaban and Jad. Um, and you guys both had Zaban and Jad ahead of Shifley. So, D, you drive the, the Zaban and Jad bus. So. I'm honestly not sure if, like, if my spot came up in a redraft league, I don't know if I would have the balls to take Zabanajad over Shifley because obviously I, I agree with you that Shifley's a, a bit of a safer pick. Um, and, you know, I, I have Zabanajad in a keeper league, as, you know, l- many listeners probably know, and because of, of course they do. Um, who, who wouldn't pay attention to your keeper league yeah, team? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I've talked about having him on my team for about five years now. So, um, he's got to be gone by now. But yeah, so. You know, last year it's it's easy to remember the the five and, and six point games, whatever it was. But there was also that I think it was a two or three month stretch Ooh, to start the that season. That was where, a lull. Yeah, I, I, he was below like a point every other game, and you know, obviously it coincided with Panarin's absence from from the team too. So I, I do think having him back, uh, you know, hopefully or presumably for the full season, um, should be great for his advantage ads numbers. Um, the reason I put him above Shifley is just because, and I think we can all agree, his ceiling at this point seems to be a little bit higher. Um, Zibanejad just seems to be able to sustain these, like, ridiculous levels of, of hot over, you know, these stretches of games. And it's going to win almost weeks for you. Yeah, like, Easy. yeah. He, he's a, he's a, he can be a league winner for sure when, when he gets hot and he, you know, has shown an ability to stay hot for a ridiculously long time. But the, the cold spells are there and it's possible. I'm just really confident that with him playing with Panarin, hopefully playing with Panarin and alongside Panarin for um, close to a full 82 games that those, you know, those cold streaks will be few and far between. Uh, because, yeah, when he gets hot, you know, if he can avoid the cold streak, then I don't think there's like the sky's the limit for him, honestly, like. We saw oh, yeah. we saw his ability, like you said, seventy five uh, points in the in the shortened season a few years ago. Um, you know, ninety hundred point upside if he can actually stay hot and you know avoid those cold streaks over the stretch of the season. But a much riskier pick than than Shifley, and uh, yeah, so I get why you guys both had him ranked above him. But... I actually had Zbigniewicz on uh, the same level as you. I also had him above Shifley. Oh. Um, yeah, Zbigniewicz last year. You you said it. You said those hot streaks are just so key. Um, granted it would be nice to have the production all year, but, um, kind of surprised me only 14 power play points last year for his Benajad. Um, so his 50 points in 56 games, that's coming off, you know, a lower end power play production as far as it goes for, uh, our boy Mika. So you put back a little, that power, power play production, add in a little bit of, uh, or sorry, take away a little bit of a cold streak for the first 20 games and you nailed it D this guy could go on an absolute tear. I guess I'm kind of going a little bit more on ceiling again which kind of goes against everything i've said throughout this whole podcast but i just i I really love what's going on in new york i have for the last two years i'm going to keep preaching it until it finally fucking works um you know lafrenia's got to be better there he's a first overall pick kako's got to be better and those things only help people like mika's been in the lineup um i really like that and for me shifley you know what you're getting you know exactly what you're getting um if you want to be safe you want to put a guy in at 10 p.m every night Mark Shifley. 70 points. Lock it in. Yeah. Mark Shifley's Lock got your back. In. Yeah. You're not going to get hurt. Might get a five-game suspension when he just destroys someone behind the net. Yeah. But, you know, it's not the playoffs. So you don't have to worry about that. Mark Shifley. <laughs> Skull I of mean, the fire. He's key. You know what you're getting. Nothing more to add to that. So Also, don't worry. We're just going to save everyone the quick Google when you're in the draft room. He's suspended for one game, Mark Shifley. Yeah. So don't worry about that. I'm sure. Carryover. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to want to double check when they have him queued up and ready to go. So and they just see that susty next to him. <laughs> yeah, the one extra game. Um, again, I will continue to play the extrapolation game. Uh, over the last four seasons, Zibanejad, 40 goal, 44 oh, assists. 
259 shot pace. Mark Scheifele, 34 goal, 52 assists, 86 points, 189 shot pace. So uh, definitely the shot volume is much higher uh, for Zibanejad. But it's impressive that at a, you know 189 shots, basically uh, 70 shots less than Zibanejad per season. Uh, Shifley right there um, in terms of goal scoring. Just Impressive or seems... concerning? <laughs> both. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of both. Just, mean, it's just harder to sustain. I mean, he, he talked he, about for He sustained at 60% years, shooting percentage throughout his yeah. career, so I'm not like that concerned for, uh, for yeah. a guy who's 20. I, we, I, yeah, for sure. But we also just talked about how with guys like that, there's no room for, for no, him, yeah, right? Especially can, when you're investing that high pick. But bad fast. Yeah, he get, he's going to get you enough assists, though, where like the, his floor is still going to be like 60, 60 to 5 points, even if he does have an off-year shooting. That team should be outstanding this yeah. year, too. Yup. Yeah. As should the Rangers, though. Yup. Um, all right. Wagon. 11 and 12, we've got Patrice Bergeron wow. Someone's and popular. Uh, John Tavares. Sorry, Tavares is first. Bergeron is second, um, which would be 11 and 12. Sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. Um, so text. I had Bergeron the highest. Uh, I think, you know, it's really just hard to ignore what Boston 1 can do on a night-to-night basis. Um, so it's hard for me to really ignore Patrice Bergeron um, and have John Tavares ahead of him, just simply for the fact that John Tavares is, you know, basically the Leafs' second line center as opposed to like, you know, a real focal point of their offense. So Bergeron's uh, thirty six. That's my only point. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. There, there's some concerns there with Bergeron's age and, and kind of, you know, even just the way his game has been going in, in recent years. Um, still obviously playing at a super, super high level, but, um, and also now too, one thing that does help him. I mean, I, I, am the first one to drop age, but Boston really doesn't have much as far as centers go behind him. Not they literally be, have not, nobody. Dave yeah. Reggie's gone. Like they have Charlie Coyle and Eric Howla. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah. I like Bergeron. So. He's never scored more than 32 goals in a season. So obviously Tavares has a, a big, big leg up on him there. Um, and that's really the like the only reason that I have above him. Obviously, their point production has been pretty similar the last few years. Um, yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't worry about that. Tavares not being the you know the, the focal point because obviously he's he's going to be on that PP one and he's still going to score a, a ton of power play goals. We um, just need Tavares either three way. years ago. Yeah, I, and I, I'm I back, John. Like thirty two goals would be a bad year for Tavares, right? Over a full eighty two, and like I said, that that's the career high for for Bergeron. So. Um, obviously, you know, point production might be a little bit safer with Patrice, but, you know, I'm going to prioritize goal scoring, especially this far down. Uh, there's just not a lot of great goal scoring centers left behind uh, JT at 11 in our rankings. Um, so it's crazy because Bertrand has averaged 39 goals per 82 games over the last three years. The problem is he hasn't played over 65 games in four years running. Obviously, last year, you know, last two years shortened, but yeah. last two full seasons, he hasn't played over 65 games either. Yeah, it's so not giving regression enough time to catch up with him. Is what you're... Pretty much. <laughs> but uh, still, 39 goal pace. So, yeah, just a guy that if you could stay on the ice. Yeah. Be, you know, like I said, he's probably a slightly safer pick. So, you know, if you maybe went a, a, you know, a little more risk adverse with your first two picks, uh, then, you know, maybe in this situation you would look to go Bergeron. But I think in, in most leagues the goals are going to be a little bit more rewarding and, and their point production should be similar enough that that's why I would lean JT. Yeah, I think that this is another kind of interesting spot too. Just it seems to be, uh, I guess it's like basically how much risk do you want to take on in your draft at this spot? Because, you know, you I think you've got safer picks in John Tavares and Patrice Bergeron. 
Um, but then you can look at the next two guys on our list, ranked 13 and, and 14, mm-hmm. Elias Pedersen and Matthew Barzell. Uh, and you can look at those guys, and obviously the floor just not quite the same. But the Pedersen. ceiling probably higher than both of those yeah. players. I'll do you one better. You can jump down a spot further. And, and, and Tyler Segan. Yeah. 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 And Tyler Segan ranks 15 for say, us. I want Segan above Barzell. And I, like, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I considered even moving him up to as far as... I had him at thirteen. Thirteen, the I guess. Siegs yeah, man. thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's where I, I I played with. But um, yeah, you know, Pedersen and Barzal, two great players in their own right. Seagan, it's just been obviously a few years since we've seen him actually been able to play hockey, and and you know, but whenever he plays, he looks great. Um, last year, obviously, I think he just chucked it aside. He played three games, I think, right? Yeah. So. Um, he's not, you know, he's still, I think, on the right side of 30, which is great. For, he will be 30 this year. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if it was a couple of years forward, you maybe feel a little bit worse about him coming back from this injury. Um, but, yeah, you know, this has also been two-plus years now without any mileage on, on the body. So, hopefully, he can come back healthy, ready to go, um, and be, you know, anywhere close to his normal self. And he could end up being the steal of a lot of fantasy drafts. 100%. Yeah. And few people shoot the puck as much as Tyler C. And, and that's, if you've listened to this, if you've listened to this podcast you know, before or, or a lot, you know that that's what we preach time and time again. It, it's all about the shot volume. Um, and and it, you're hard-pressed to really find anybody that shoots quite as much as this guy does. And it's going to lead to a lot of goals this year. My only concern, obviously, the injury is one yeah. thing. Um, Big thing. P- well, yeah. Pretty large. It's gonna just that team's very, a lot worse than the last time. It's going to be time. very interesting just to see how ice time is, is handed out in, in yeah. Dallas this year. Healthy we saw, Rupe. We saw Rupe Hinge. Hopefully, he's healthy this year. Really Jason take Rob. a step forward. Joel Pavelski just commanding a ton of minutes last year. Obviously, I think that had us a lot to do with the fact that you know Segan wasn't in the lineup. Um, Jason Robertson, that, that line was amazing. And that line looks, coming into the season, like it could be their top line, which could leave maybe not as much ice yeah. time for Tyler Seguin. I, I I think it would be foolish of them to to do that. I still think Tyler Seguin, at the end of the day, will probably be among the, t- the ice time leaders uh, for this team. They could I, definitely anchor him with Jamie Benn, though, which, yeah, would, exactly. which would suck. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely because Jamie Benn is not a good hockey player anymore, Brock. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. He's, I mean, he's still a great hockey player. But You mentioned, though, how much you like shots. and I actually Also, I'm pretty sure Brock owes me a case of beer. Yeah, he for sure does. Yeah, we can go back. we can go back on the record for that. Sounds like there's now multiple crickets in here, but that's just really getting the vibe going. It's like a nice jazz, dude. <laughs> also, some sort of wild animal running, <laughs> yes. up, running alongside. Something else doing work. Yeah, okay. outside of the garage. If you hear anyone get bit, that's totally cool. Um, but yeah, no, I had Elias Pedersen actually incredibly high here at 11, which was way higher than you guys uh, both did for me. It's just the huge ceiling. You mentioned it. I just think that ceiling. Last year, obviously, unhealthy. If we're going to talk about Segan's health, we got to talk about Elias Pedersen's health. Um, only 26 games last year, but 10 goals and 11 assists in those 26 games. 63 shots, that's just under three a game. Um, I think if Pedersen's there, that's another team that's making all the right steps forward. Um, season of health, and this guy could be an easy 40-goal goal scorer. Uh, you know, 40 goals, tap it in, 11th. Tap it in. Anyways, just, give it a, little just a little tap, but no, Pedersen, I think he does deserve that, that little little boost for me just above Barzell. Um, but yeah, um, again, it's uh, there's a lot of guys here where they're either going to perform up to their ceiling and they're going to boost their way up or they're just going to go right right? down. You have to to make a decision there if you want to go for safety or if you want to go for maybe a little bit of a higher ceiling. I think you've got that. Just to go back to Segan for a second here. uh, Since 2017, over 82-game extrapolation, 315 shots on goal. Insane. Sheesh. Absolutely insane. A lot of shots for those of you guys at home Um, um, wondering. The only other guy we really haven't talked about a lot here is Matthew Barzell. 
Uh, I think that, you know, as long as he's in that Barry Trotz system, I think it's going to be really hard for him to, like, just explode offensively. Uh, Obviously, the numbers are really good. Nothing really has lived up to what he did in in his rookie season, scoring 85 points in 82 games. Um, Really exploded on the board. He did so shooting uh, at the time. You know, it's still his career high for uh, shooting percentage, 12.9. The on-ice shooting percentage was at 11.8. He's never been, you know, around 10 since then. So um, maybe a bit of a lucky outlier year for him. But I still think there's a lot of upside here. He's he's one of the flashier players in the league and somebody that always has the puck on his stick. He is fun. Fun to watch. I think that there there is still something there. Um, but it just hasn't really materialized to this point. Do you guys have any hesitation with Matt Barzell in fantasy drafts? Yeah, I do. Like like I said, I, I honestly think I would slide Sagan above Barzell and, you know, assuming I continue to read good things about his clean bill of health. Um, just because, like you said, Barzell really seems to be topping out uh, around, you know, like goals in the low 20, uh, even his pace in the last few years. Uh, with his upside, you know, probably if he does have a good shooting year, probably being, you know, 30 goal max. And like career, a, 80, career 82 game average is 22 goals, 50 assists. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, well, obviously, you know, Sagan, like we said, it really prob- definitely, you know, the last guy on the board to really be able to offer you elite goal scoring at the center position. Um, and like I said, Tavares before that, probably the only one that's that's really a lock. Obviously, there's a, a decent amount of risk that that's goes with Sagan this year. But uh, if you don't play in leagues that, that you know that offer big premiums to scoring, whether they you know not points leagues or just you know doesn't have a lot of categories that skews or caters to goals, then uh, Barzal probably a bit of a safer pick uh, than Sagan for sure. Uh, and like you said, you just feel like he has that untapped potential. Feels like his upside is a bit capped. Uh, playing in New York, you know, there's always going to be a shitty fourth line that's playing 12 minutes a night. There's always going to be a JG Pajo that's playing 20 minutes yeah. a, a night. So I, I yep. and yeah, he's obviously, you know, let's, let's be real. There's not a lot of great outstanding talent to play with on the wings. It's a very solid and a very deep team, but there's, there's not an Artemi Panarin, for example, yeah, for Zibanejad that's going to boost up his numbers. Yeah, there's not someone that's going to keep your numbers high. It, but you're also maybe not playing with Jamie Benn. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he doesn't have, like, if, if he has an off night, if he's not creating a lot of chances, then, then chances are he's not going to, you know, put up anything for you fantasy-wise. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, it feels like he is, you know, kind of probably a step below this point, although maybe he's just the same as Pedersen, but a, a, a year further removed from his unreal rookie season. Yeah. Um, all right. That's going to do it for our top 15 at the center position. We were going to try to just do this all in one half, but no, uh, the people are probably dying for some blue stones. And we need to give Dia a shower. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to fire it over to the blue stones here for a moment. When we get back, we are going to talk about our sleepers, bust, and breakouts at the center position. We will also dabble in um, some rookie talk. There's not a whole lot to really talk about yeah. when it comes to, to rookies. Young and um, in, yeah. in fantasy hockey, it's not like... You know, in fantasy football, we've all just had our drafts. It's like you draft these rookies in the mid to late rounds and they can make a splash immediately. In fantasy hockey, it is much more difficult to do that. Yeah. I mean, even you go And there's no, that, Ka- there's no uh, Kirill Kaprizovs this year. So yeah. no 25-year-old Russians who have already won league scoring titles. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And like even like you look at a guy like Lafreniere last year, like he was probably going ADP. He went way too high. Trash. Like, <laughs> trash. Quote, <unquote>, trash. Way <laughs> too high in draft. But anyways, enjoy the boost. Don't here for 30 seconds. When we get back, we'll talk about sleepers, bus, and breakouts at the position. All right. 
Let's be Gentlemen, to season seven, episode three of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthium. Show is, of course, <laughs> <almost> <laughs> yeah, it almost didn't come out there. Uh, <laughs> well, I, no, I was trying to remember to say that the show is now sponsored by Fantrax. Uh, by Fantrax, um, you heard of it? That's what I was going to say. Uh, and yeah, you should leave your leagues at Yahoo and ESPN, and go to Fantrax. Yeah. Nailed it, boys. That was Mad Lib. That was a dirty ad read. I loved it. Boom. Um, Yeah. The point across. And Um, he remembered his name. Yeah, we're going to get into the SBB portion of the show, as Beavs likes to call it. Oh, SBB? Yeah. The sleeper bust uh, breakout portion, uh, as well as some rookie shout outs. Like Brock said, most rookies. uh, Yeah, don't really amount to much. If you're out fan tracks playing in dynasty leagues, you're going to need to know these guys. True. Or if you're just big fantasy hockey nerds and you're in like 32 team leagues, then you just like to know some names. Yeah, you're yeah. definitely gonna want to be you hearing want good these rookie names. water cooler talk at the local office. We got you. Boom. Fantrax is so outrageous. You can literally have leagues of 200 teams. I'm like, how would that even be doable? How would who would you have on your team? Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm grabbing someone from like the ECHL, hoping yeah. they get the call in eight the years. Danbury yeah. Trashers. Yeah. Give me Corey Conacher <laughs> with pick number. 300 so Dude, he'd probably get a call up and play like one game oh this year. yeah coco for he sure. would kill it for the dadsbury trashers oh yeah Corey conacher's uncle follows us on twitter too loves daily face yeah nice. Hand- verbal handshake to Corey conacher's uncle then yeah nice yeah i remember right, he always so. used to like the posts uh about the Corey roster conacher. movement whenever he got called up yeah <laughs> Corey conacher was called up like Corey conacher was in town yeah so I think we'll uh, approach this portion of the show uh kind of like a criticism sandwich so we'll go sleeper SBB. bust uh, breakout, so we can you know just shove yeah, the, the really negative criticism portion. Sando. Before yeah, before just we bury get it. into bury the negativity, other Before we get into SBB, I think we need to talk about Jack Eichel, yeah, and Evgeny Malkin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because but I think oh the injury boys, if they were both healthy, they would obviously been um, Eichel's for sure yeah, would have been in, in our top fifteen centers. Obviously, he was left out by by Probably, all three uh, of us, number um, five or six. But, could i don't even think i don't even think jack eichel knows when jack eichel is gonna play next so no yeah um, um, you know he's clearly he, did he get the surgery he doesn't even know he's like i think his uh, agent like jack eichel him. i don't even know if he had surgery today, nah, which is, his agent will tell him which is september 12th he's still a member of the buffalo sabers yeah yeah he's their captain and what well, yeah he's their captain he's their leader and one thing <laughs> that's for sure not going to happen is him playing for the buffalo sabers this year no so you think for sure for sure I don't think he's playing for Buffalo this year. If yeah. he's still there, he's not playing for them. They have done him so dirty. He is not playing. This is going to be a guy who, like, 
is going to break or bust teams in fantasy. Because no, some people... He, I don't think you can afford... You could just draft them in, like, the six. Yeah, but like a lot of whatever. people are reaching on Michael Thomas. I don't think yeah. you can afford to sit out, though, right? Like... Yeah, like... He's got... What, he's going to sit out, like, eight years? <laughs> just wait until his heel heals? Yeah. I think that's he what hurts. back at, like, 32. You know, I think he's played his hand. Back. He played his hand. They're, they're you know, they're being they stubborn bu- about they didn't it. Bite. He <laughs> can try again next summer. He just needs to go out and kill it, and then some team will offer a package they can't refuse. All I know is it's a sloppy situation over there in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, probably be stripped of the sea. I don't know. No. You know, not a good look when your captain comes out and asks to be traded or whatever he asked for. No, it's just to leave. It's not great. Um, Doesn't he want yeah, to get so traded? Jack- yeah, but this isn't like an Aaron Rodgers thing where I think, you know, he, he's like, can just think about sitting out a year and then, you yeah, know. Yeah, but Jack uses Jack. Paying $20 to be million. Like a general manager, too. Does he want to be GM? Does he want to bring in all his friends? Yeah. <laughs> Jack Eichel's like, I want all my buddies in deals. Probably be a pretty good team, or at least better than what Buffalo is. <laughs> it can't be any worse at, at yeah. GM than what they've had the last few years. No, but. it would definitely be an upgrade. But um, what about Evgeny? We'll talk about we'll talk about Jack Eichel. I think more, Most. you know, as the, as September progresses, I and we get a, a firmer grasp of what his ADP is and, and kind of what to do with him because he is kind of just the elephant of the room of of every draft room, you know, this this month. So um, we're not going to dive into it too much right now. Obviously, he he's a guy that needs to be drafted in hopes that he can he can kind of rescue. I, I think the one thing that's really interesting about Jack Eichel is like you can pick him as like one of your centers and. You can probably still pick up a pretty good center later in the draft if he doesn't even ever play. Like center's so deep, where if you're taking a risk with him at, at another position, it might be a little bit more difficult to fill that spot at that point in the draft or whatever. But Evgeny Malkin is another guy. Uh, we talked about Crosby, you know, missing some time to start the season. Malkin, um, they weren't a hundred percent sure on how long he was going to be out or how much time he's going to miss. They were just saying basically that like he's going to miss more time than Crosby. So Crosby's out a week, huh? So Malkin's out more than one week. So eight um, days at least. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Eight at days. least eight plus. Yeah. Eight to uh, infinity. But would be it, the timeline it, right now. That is really <laughs> a really you know, if somebody else was missing time, he'd be like, oh, no big deal. He's missing time to start the season. I'm sure. Malkin already misses fifteen games every year. Yeah, you're assuming he's gonna miss. Oh, 15. that's a so lot. He's already missing, so Absolute he's gonna miss lot. like probably at minimum eight. <laughs> Then at one point later in the year, he's going to miss another 15 for sure. Uh-huh. What if he so uses now, it early? He uses yeah. his standard 15 early. I don't know if that's <laughs> Then he's got the seal of the draft, <laughs> yeah. if that's the case. Because he really is like just unbelievable. Like, He'll still give you a point again. Point pace yeah. He just every... needs a little bit of rest. And Maybe the older he gets, the more rest he'll probably need. He's a big boy. You know what, though? We always talk yeah. about is how it's interesting with them because we always say you know, they're a good team, they're deep, they... They're not going to play their guys if they're nicked up. They'll sit them out. They're not afraid to do that. They got no center depth anymore. Like, they have to – if Crosby or Malkin are available, they have to play. <laughs> like, you can't just be rolling out Jeff Carter as your number two center with – I don't even know who the number three center yeah, would be. Right not he might have a good season. Your, not the same old – Jeff Carter might have a decent season. No, I think I'm... Jeff Carter's fine. <laughs> it's just like they, that, yeah. they can't rely on it like they used to be able to. Like, it's just – Yeah, or even Jared McCann. Jeff Carter's going to be terrific. But, like, they're just lacking so much depth up front that – they don't have the same luxury as they once had. Yeah. yeah. Not the same old pens. Malkin, again, another guy you can steal. You just got to know he ain't going to be healthy. Yeah. But you, Yeah, if you can, you know, build your team without having to rely on him at all. And, you know, he's just coming in as a bonus whenever he is healthy and, and giving you a point per game. Uh, bonus obviously, Gino. that's ideal. If you draft him, you know, banking on him for anything more than that, then, uh, you know, could be running into some trouble at some point in the season. Uh, just 
really quickly before we move on here. You don't want him to be a load-bearing wall in the foundation of your fantasy team is, nice. is what we're saying. Yeah. Certainly not. Um, Malkin's current ADP is 73. Um, so uh, that's on Fantrax. If we take a look at Yahoo, uh, he's at about 90, so a little bit later there uh, right now. And then Eichel uh, currently going 51.7 huh. um, on Fantrax. So still almost top 50, which is too early for my liking. For a guy that literally like yeah, I gotta agree. That's what, that's play. so much for thinking. Yeah, I doubt he's that's successful. But has himself. he? Do you actually not know? Has he had surgery yet? Do we not know? I don't like. I think he did. He's yeah. got him. He's not just sitting there chilling with like an injury. Well, right? I they thought, wouldn't let him get it. Right at first, and then I thought he did get it, or maybe not. Because I, you know, I just remember Never thinking. Been, hasn't been done. Yeah, so I just remember thinking, you know, if you're Jack Eichel and you're gonna cost a team an arm and, and two legs to get you in a trade uh probably not the best idea to come out and be like hey i need major surgery uh you know as soon as you trade for me um and this you know the team won't allow it i i, I get where he's coming from maybe he's frustrated um but yeah it doesn't seem like the smartest thing to, to seem like a trustful guy unless it did come out you. from buffalo huh? right. well, but right. i think he just straight up said it right uh, yeah i think he anyway. said it his agent said it yet that's a whole mess. But again, I don't see a healthy Jack Eichel sitting out the year. But yeah, certainly, you know, maybe if there's this actual lingering surgery, um, that's a that's a big concern and obviously a real threat to him missing uh, a lot of time. But yeah, I, like I said before, I don't think he can just. I could be wrong. I don't think he can afford to sit out a season when he's on a seven year deal. Eichel's desire for the disc replacement surgery is at odds with the Sabres medical staff, who said who are said to have recommended against it because it hasn't been performed on an NHL player. In July, it appeared the two sides were reaching a solution on the issue. Friday's statement from Eichel's representat- representation suggests otherwise. This was from Elliot Friedman in late August. What are they going to do? Just like have like Zemgus Gergensen's be a lab rat and have him have this surgery yeah. and see what yeah, happens? Yeah, it can't be what done on this? Jack, but it can be done on Zegmus. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't, been, hasn't been done on an NHL player. That's kind of bizarre, no? Like... Start doing it, yeah. I'll, you know what? Let's do it on a beer league player first. I will put my, I'll put myself in the in the I'll ring be, for that. I'll be Jack Eichel's guinea pig. You heard me. If yeah. he gives me just like one percent of that contract, I'm in. Jack shakes my hand. I'll do it. Okay. Anyways, you let's heard, get into shakes your hand. Let's get into the sleeper bust and breakout. Yeah. Uh, S- segment S-B-B. of today's show. S B B. Beebs. Yeah. We'll start with you. Uh huh. Yeah. You've got Claude Giroux as your sleeper. Yeah. So uh, why don't you give the listeners a reason why? Um, and if we look up Claude Giroux at the moment on Fantrax, his ADP is 129.75, oh, yeah. which is basically the 12th or uh, 10th round. Yeah. 11th round. Um, basically, this guy's like after a big turkey dinner because people are just sleeping on him. Um, Claude Giroux, someone who. Uh, recency bias is, is is a common thing when we look at draft positions, and uh, that comes from Claude yet again. Um, comes comes around at him. Um, he's only a couple years off a hundred two point season. Obviously, you can't reference what happened three years ago, but we still do have to bring out that he is capable of stuff like that. He's only thirty years old, so, so he's not quite sorry thirty three years old. So he's not quite as old as Claude Giroux might seem. Um, and if we're talking about Patrice Bergeron getting old, uh, Claude's three years younger. This guy's a steady bet for 25 to 30 goals. Um, something that we can maybe not even find from some of the people we were talking about in our t- um, at the end of our top 15 there. Um, so 25 to 30 goal pace from anyone you can get that late in the draft in the 10th, depending on the size of your league, 
11th, 12th round. Absolute value. Even last year, he had 43 points in 54 games, which came off 15 goals and 27 assists. Um, again, Claude's going to be super forgotten about it. Just kind of seems like nobody's talking about Philly this year. There's been a big shift there. Um, how much worse their defense Yeah, got. defense is just... I don't, I don't know if it's worse or it's better. Either way, it got it's way better with Ryan Ellis than, br- than they brought in. Then they brought in the boy Risto. Risto! Risto! Um, either way, surefire bet for 20 power play points. Um, if I can sneak Claude anywhere around that buck 20. Uh, Yahoo actually had him at 157. Yeah, so I was just going to say 157 crazy. is Yeah, nice. so that's actually where I originally took that sleeper call off of. I was like, wow, imagine getting Claude at 157. I'd be telling everybody about it. Either way, Claude Drew, I think this is a guy who's going to drop a lot, a lot in drafts, just strictly off his 43 and 54 last year. Um, last year was a rough year for Philly. We all know it. Everyone saw it. It was just this tire fire out there. Um, it's going to be better. And Claude is the guy out there. Um, I like Claude a lot. And he also has, I know that we're talking just centers, but he usually has the center wing uh, and wing eligibility, which is it's very actually nice almost shocking that he still has center eligibility because he doesn't play a whole lot of center anymore. Yeah. But, um, Obviously, 2018, 102 points, led the NHL in assists. Uh, 2019, 85 points, 82 games, outstanding. Last two seasons, not quite as good, but averaging, uh, if you again extrapolate over 82 games, 25 goals, 40 assists. So, still super, super good numbers uh, for a guy who's entering his age 34 season. Uh, ice time has obviously diminished a little bit in recent years, but still playing over 18 minutes a night can still maintain that type of production. Lost good friend Jake Voracek, but that's okay. There's some other nice... Cam Atkinson's uh, a better hockey yeah, player anyway. A lot so better, yeah. Matter. Um, so yeah, I really like it. Like like I said, or like you said, 157 on Yahoo. Uh, if we look at comparables right now on Yahoo, uh, that would be... 0.4 spots ahead of Mason Appleton. Ooh. Uh, percent drafted for Mason Appleton, though, is just 3%. Also, 98%. Alex Wenberg got him right there, too. Yeah. And, but I like, think Mason Appleton's dad's been running a lot of yeah. mock drafts. Yeah. yeah, he does the early leagues. I think we just figured out who's dad. But, D, those. we'll go to your sleeper next because he is right below uh, Claude Giroux on Yahoo ADP nice. at 158.5, only being drafted in 7% of leagues right now. If you take a look over at Fantrax, he is rostered or drafted in 47% of drafts right now at 173.5. So a guy that's basically undrafted right now. You really like Jared McCann? Yeah. Yeah, Jared McCann. He's a guy you can, you know, should be able to just add to the bottom of your roster at the end of the draft. Um, I don't know how many assists he's going to get. He's never been, you know, uh, a a huge uh, play driver just in terms of uh, creating assists, but. you know, a couple of years ago, he did have 21 assists in limited time, and that's the big draw here with Jared McCann, right? We've never seen him play more than 14, 15 minutes a night. Uh, and the last two seasons, he's averaged between two and a half and three shots a game. Um, again, despite playing less than 15 minutes a night. So Completely now, obviously, serviceable last year at the end of the year. Too. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely scoring a lot of goals or a decent amount of goals, you know, for the ice time he's played 14 goals each of the last two seasons, again, in those shortened years. So. Uh, now moving to Seattle where he, you know, looks, you know, again, who knows what that front office, what that, uh, management and coaching team is going to do, but it really looks like he's, you know, probably their best option down the middle. Um, should see uh, a ton of ice time and a lot more than the 14, 15 minutes a night he's seen the last few years, uh, with Pittsburgh. So yeah, I think, you know, when you're looking at sleepers or, or even a breakout, he probably qualifies there as well. Uh, you're looking for guys that have performed, you know, relatively well. 
in lesser roles. And, you know, we should now be expecting more opportunity uh, for them this year that, you know, should help them outperform their, their ADP based on their previous year's reputation. And McCann obviously hits that uh, to a T. So I, I just think, yeah, he definitely uh, wanted to make sure we gave him a shout out. Cause like I said, I think we can probably uh, get him at the end of your draft and, and, and redraft leagues. I'm sure I'll end up with him and, and, and most of my leagues. Um, because he's going to be up for grabs, and I definitely think he can pitch in with 25 to 30 goals. Uh, the assists are, like I said, a bit of a, a wild card, but um, yeah, I d- like we, t- we talked about, there doesn't look to be a lot of guys coming over the Seattle team who, uh, you know, have been deserving of a larger role and, you know, could maybe be pegged for a big breakout. Uh, but if you're looking for someone to kind of be, you know, the William Carlson or the John March, so uh, of the Seattle Kraken, then I think McCann's the best bet. Uh, to kind of just take his production to the next level uh, in an expanded role. So, yeah, yeah. I like him. Uh, I like him. Be adding him to the bottom of my team. First round um, pick for reasons years ago um, back when Vancouver. Yeah, and he's still only, I think he's coming into his age 25 season. Yeah. He's been playing in the league for like six years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The so Leafs yeah. definitely wanted to keep. He's uh, been around for a while. Instead of yeah, Kirkwood, paid his dues, produced well in lesser roles, and, and now seems set for uh, a larger role. So, yeah, like I said, definitely seems to be the best bet if you're looking for someone to kind of be the merch. So, uh, or Carlson or, or Riley Smith of this team. I, the one thing, too, is when you look at... Left-wing eligibility, too. When you look at Seattle's roster, I mean, he's going to be playing with two of Jaden Schwartz, Callie Yarncroft, Jordan Everly, Jonas Donskoy. Not terrible. Yeah. Um, You know, Everly... Not it, great, but... Not, not great, but it's... <laughs> but not terrible. But Smith and Carlson... At that time, probably got the exact same treatment as some of these guys, sure. too. Don Skoy had a terrific year last year. Yep. Uh, really, really good at 5v5. Schwartz, obviously, you know, a guy that's just been super reliable. Maybe not the most upside ever, but um, somebody that can just light it up uh, like Cooper Cup. Uh, I really <laughs> like that good pick run, as well. I mean, just because, like, there's absolutely zero risk associated. I mean, as with most sleepers, yeah, shouldn't be too much risk. Um, but literally, like, like, you don't even have to take him with your last pick. Like, that's how late he's going. So, yeah. Uh, absolutely love Jared McCann. Just who plays so much ice time. Yeah, he he should get it. 100%. Uh, one guy who is undoubtedly going to get a lot of ice time this year, and he's probably going to be playing with Biebs' sleeper, is Sean Couture. Uh Couture is just going way too late in drafts right now. His ADP on Yahoo currently sits at 146.7. And on Fantrax, he sits at 80. So Fantrax users clearly know a little bit more than what's going on smart over people. at Yahoo right now. Which, obviously, they are smarter because they've already made the switch from Yahoo to Fantrax. But, if you, again, this is still very early in the ADP process. Um, lots of, of, of drafts to come throughout this month. But right now, Katrue, 146.7 makes absolutely zero sense whatsoever. Uh, just a guy, like, it, 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 you'll be hard press to find a player that plays more like a forward that plays more than Sean Couture. Um, it, you know, it obviously took him a little bit of time to get his, his feet under him at the NHL level, but um, he, he's just been absolutely outstanding totally the last stuck. four years. Uh, he's averaged 30, 31 goals, 44 assists, 225 shots and 16 power play points per 82 game over the last four seasons. So uh, really, really consistent production. You know, 74 points and a guy that's basically going, um, you know, in the 14th round of drafts right now. So, uh, I really like what you're getting out of Sean Couture late in drafts right now. We'll see how much that ADP changes 
throughout the month. But right now, just an absolute steal if you've got a draft coming up anytime soon. Uh, D, let's circle back to you uh, for our bust. We've got Evgeny Kuznetsov for you. Yeah, um, you know, Kuznetsov, I I don't think much has changed here the year to year the last few seasons in in terms of how we see um, his outlook. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, his ADP is, is super high right now, so I just kind of wanted to highlight it. Uh, and, yeah, kind of just, you know, go over the fact that nothing's really changed the last few years and or, you know, even the last season uh, with Kuznetsov. But ADP of 69.7 right now in Yahoo. He's the 16th center uh, off the board. Uh, and, yeah, you know, for me, he didn't really come that close to cracking uh, the top 15. Uh, you know, the goal scoring – just never really been there uh he's topped out at 27 once aside from that you know the best he's done is 21 and really that's what you can uh expect from uh because that's a goal every four games or so around a 20 uh 20 goal pace uh and you know hasn't got a, a ton of run with Ovechka in the last few years uh that still doesn't really seem set to change this season uh you know i think if anything you could probably bet over an 82 that he's still going to be splitting time there uh with backstrom uh and yeah i think washington's lost some depth there you know he doesn't have that great connection with someone like rana that he had the last couple of years um so there's there's just nothing in the numbers there's nothing uh you know in washington's offseason and kuznetsov's offseason that makes me think you know that he's going to be anything more than he's been the last few seasons you know 29 points in 41 games last year 52 and 63 the year before that um i think you know we're probably looking at a guy that in his current role probably topping out around 65 70 points uh, you know, if Backstrom, they start to wean him back a little bit because Netsov gets more run, starts to play, you know, closer to 19, 20 minutes a night. Certainly, I think, you know, he has the upside because of the amount of assists that he's able to rack up uh, to push for a point per game. But I just think at, at that point in the draft, you're banking on him uh, getting more ice time and, and basically playing at his peak level to give you 20 goals and, you know, somewhere around 50 assists. So, uh, yeah, I just think there's a lot better bets at that point in the draft. I'd be really looking at him, you know, two, three rounds later. Um, so yeah, someone that's going for me way too early right now, just wanted to highlight him. I'm sure we'll see him, you know, continuously slip. Uh, but yeah, really just gives you no sort of goal threat whatsoever. And I think you can get someone to give you similar, uh, upside or outlook with, with the assist this season, uh, like I said, a couple rounds later. So not interested in him uh, anywhere near that ADP of 69.7 right now. It's insanely high. That's aggressively high. Um, the one thing too, just like if you take just the whole statistical analysis out of it, it's a guy that like just doesn't really seem to care. They benched him a couple times last year, right? Like he just he just seems to have fallen out of favor in Washington. Um, I, I really thought that he was a potential like a guy that could be potentially on the move this summer, just yeah, because it just doesn't seem like there's an agreement there with the rest of of, of the you know the Capitals front office and, and how he kind of. Yeah, well, it seemed like a few years ago, like there was just going to be this passing of the torch for Backstrom to Kuznetsov, right? And then Kuznetsov's production kind of tailed off. He got taken off Ovi's line, and Backstrom just hasn't gone away at all, right? He's, you know, probably still going to match Kuznetsov's production this year, and you can get him. I don't even know what Backstrom's ADP is right now. But so, I'm- actually, um, so they're right next to each other, basically. 69.1 right now for Kuznetsov, 82.3 for mm. Backstrom. See, it's still too early for Backstrom. That's but- only a couple spots. Yeah, I think Backstrom is, is going a little too early as well. Um, he was a steal last year. Just to continue to highlight guys kind of around him, Elias Lindholm's right there, a guy that I would take over. Uh, Kuznetsov right now, Segan's there, Malkin's there, uh, Nick Suzuki's there, Anze Kopitar. These guys are going 30, 40 spots after um, Kuznetsov, and they're all guys that I would much rather have. And then just again, um, 
16 and a half minutes per game last year. Yeah. Dude, I honestly, that's good. a minute twenty less per game than he played the year prior, which was a minute twenty less than he played the year prior. I had to double check and make sure that he didn't get traded because I was like, "What is this sudden shift in outlook for Kuznetsov that so, all of a sudden so he's outrageous. top fifteen center?" Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. It's way too high. Uh, it's a tremendous pick. <laughs> like, thanks, boss. It's so it's yeah. so high. Nailed it. <laughs> so high. Beeves, I don't love mine. I won't lie. Um, I didn't even when we were coming out on it, but I have to do it. Um, and also, it's hard to you know call a guy a bust who was seemingly a free agent going into last season. But Ryan Strom out in New York for me is just going a little too high, just just a little too high um, compared to some of the people around him. And I just kind of felt like I should address that and you know really really slow down what's going on for Ryan Strom here. Um, I, as much as I am you know big on the New York bust, and I've talked about how much I do like that team. Um, this guy's going right around someone that Brock just talked about, Sean Couturier. I'd much rather have a Sean Couturier over a Ryan Strom. The thing that really stands out for me, he's never surpassed more than 18 goals in a season and never had more than 180 shots on net. Obviously, we're a big shot podcast, and guys who don't score more than 18 goals or get more than 180 shots don't last long on our rosters. Um, just if you're going to spend that pick at that point, you just can get much better production just for much better value. He has had pretty decent seasons playing alongside Panner in the last two years. Um, he kind of seems to be stuck to attach to the hip on him there. But at the same point, there are a lot of other young talents in New York that are they would, I believe, much rather willingly set a long-term you know, connection with than Ryan Strom. It, just, it seems he's kind of capped low 50s in points. And if you're paying in draft pick, realistically anywhere that's not two, the last two or three rounds for a value like that, um, that's just a bust in my books. A couple other people are going around him at that same point are Thomas Hurdle and Braden Shen. Um, and if you're me, I'd rather have her, the likes of Hurdle, Shen, and Couturier all day over Strom. Um, again, the goal production, the shot production just isn't there. Might get you those high-level assists. Might fool you with the uh, near point per game, but it, it really just isn't doing it for me. And uh, really not something I want to bank on all year. Um, all it takes is you know him being dropped down the lineup, him being taken off PP1, and uh, he's basically fantasy irrelevant. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I, I think he nailed it. Like um, the goal production just does not make it worth the risk you're, you're taking on. And, uh, you know, we talk about it year after year. You don't want to have to rely on a guy whose fantasy value is solely tied to his line mates. Cause uh, obviously, like you said, all it takes is, is one change and, and that values out the window forever. Right. Like you said, you get dropped on the lineup one time, or even they just shake up the wingers and move Panarin back up to the top line with, with Zibanejad. Yeah. He's been uh, a really nice source of assists the last couple of seasons, Strom and uh, certainly someone you can maybe look up to pick up at the very end of the draft as, and, you know, look to maybe hold on to as long as he's playing with Panarin. But yeah, like, like you said, you as soon him as at the end, last picks, that's almost a steal. So there's a fine line. Yeah. There between it, the otherwise, you know, he should be what he had been the five, six years before he ever started playing with Panarin. And he was nothing more than yeah. a spot start. Cause it's, you know, the second PP time he, he was getting right. But yeah, obviously, like I said, he's been a nice source of assists the last couple of seasons. Um, so, you know, something worth considering if you, like I said, throughout the season, or if you're just at a point at the draft, you think you might be a little bit light on assists at the very end of the draft. Uh, but yeah, as soon as, if he ever gets moved off Panarin's line, then, uh, all that upside, all of the stability is just out the window. So, uh, definitely, you know, not the type of risk you want to be taking on at that point in the draft. No. The other thing is it just doesn't seem like there's really any room for improvement. No, there, he's right? had like, his, he's, I think he's, he's had his best time. He's ceiling, it seems. Yeah. 
in those two seasons. At 28, he's not breaking out, you know. Yeah, it's like hopefully he stays the full year and he can return you 20 goals and, and yeah. 40 assists, right? Which, you know, the assists, it's great getting that many yeah. assists, but really 60 points, you're looking at the bottom of the roster. Uh, and again, that's, I'll take a that's only assuming, that. yeah, and again, that's only assuming all, all things go right and his situation stays the same. Play with Panarin obviously helps, but on a shooting percentage, 12.9 and 13.6 each of the last two years, very, very high. Um, yeah, it is just play the, with Panarin. It's exactly right. it's the Panarin effect. It forever. Um, it's just, you know same thing you'd find if you looked at like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins and um, playing with McDavid and Drysaddle. But still, um, it's just it's very very high for for I you know I like Strom. Um, I really like Strom in in like DraftKings when you can play him on a night to night yeah. basis on a season to season basis. Really not a guy that I have a whole lot of interest in. Um, you know maybe you can sidecar him with with Panarin in a draft late in the whatever, but. Um, yeah, you don't want to, like I said, you don't want to be drafting him while you're relying on him to be yeah. a 60 point guy because, you know, lineup changes and that's out the window. Yeah. Um, all right. We kind of talked about this a little bit before um, in our previous episode. I think it was our last episode. Uh, how it seems greedy um, of the save, or the Panthers, excuse me, to be like, Sam Reinhart, you go play with Barkoff. Our number two center is Sam Bennett. Yeah. Um, Sam Bennett was obviously outstanding after that trade to, to Florida last year. He was great in the, in the pre, or regular season, great in the playoffs as well. Uh, but right now, his ADP is 110.2. Uh, again, going ahead of a guy like Thomas Hurdle. Um, I just don't love it. Like, I just <laughs> I just don't know what to really say. Like, I think that there, there's an avenue for Sam Bennett to have a really, really good year. Like, if he plays the whole year with with Huberto, I think Sam Bennett can have an you know an absolutely terrific year. Sure, but at 110, I think it's still just a little too rich. I don't. I think yeah. there's too much risk there Again, because of yeah. what he did before that was was horrendous. He did, yeah, he did nothing in Calgary. Yeah, I, I think it's healthy scratch. Yeah, I think it's a really similar situation to a Strom where Bennett's obviously again his values tied directly to his line mate same thing and even still is less of a track record right there's much more of a track record of shitty Sam Bennett Sam than Benet. great Sam Bennett uh and it's not like Strom where he's played two seasons basically with Panner and now it's you know half a season. exactly well, so so yeah ideally full season great but like you said you don't want to draft him banking on that because no. all it takes is one game and Sam Bennett's definitely a guy that you could see being put in on the third or fourth line and you wouldn't 100%. bat an eye Sam Reinhardt could so easily move back to the middle and play with Huber the whole season. Yeah. And Sam Bennett centering the third line. Yeah. Either way, Sam Reinhardt's probably a good good shout this year. But. No, Sam Reinhardt's terrific. <laughs> yeah. Reinhardt, uh, yeah, no. I, Reinhardt's ADP, 83. Bennett's 110. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, Bennett's I'd even... take Reinhardt at 83 than Sam Bennett at 110 by a mile. For sure. And I think Bennett's probably going even earlier than Strom was, right? And... and uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Bennett's oh, 110, yeah. Strom's 140. Yeah, and and like they're pretty much the same thing. And again, like exact same Bennett's situation. even there's even less security there because like like I said, you know, Strom we've seen play with Panarin for the better part of a year and a half, two seasons now, and like you said, Bennett we saw it for 10 games. So, uh, yeah, I know he bangs too though, gets a lot of hits, and I'm sure that that drove up the ADP a bit too. He does bang. Carter Verhage 165.7. Like I love rather, Carter. I'd rather Verhage. have that play with Markov all year than than Sam Bennett. Yeah. David Krejci. Higher. He's the new Frank Vertrano. Can we Krejci. see Frank Vertrano play nice. 20 minutes a night? I just want to know what it looks it's never like. Gonna happen. I just want to know what it looks Sam like. They traded him all summer. I would have traded for him in a heartbeat. Yeah, and you I know think that. everybody should have. And you know that. How is he not on that. Seattle? I would have him on a six-year, two, like, two million annual out. <laughs> <Just keep laughs> uh, all right, let's get into our breakouts. D, your breakout center. 
is Frank Vetrano. No, it's um nailed it. Nick Suzuki. Yeah, it's Nick Suzuki. Thanks. Um, yeah, I just think you know I was looking through the the list of what we have identified as centers, and you know basically just the straight centers for the most part. Uh, he's the one guy that you look at, and I, I think you can really expect you know his, his role to to hopefully grow and um, you know his game still developing as well. So he was the obvious one to me, and uh, and I got to fill up my picks first today, so I uh, felt like I just raced you guys. Um, to that one, but yeah, 41 points each of the last two seasons, obviously did it in 56 games last year, 71, uh, the year before that, uh, ice time took a nice jump last year, 18 minutes a night, uh, 110 shots in those 56 games, not great, but you know, solid enough for, uh, what is, you know, essentially a, a playmaking centerman here. Uh, and I, you know, now with Philip Deneau gone, that's an extra 19, 20 minutes a night, uh, to go around. And yep. I, I just Gotta go somewhere. Yeah, you know, you really look up at the makeup of this team, and I, I really just think it's going to be Nick Suzuki's team this season. I think he's going to be playing a ton. Uh, I think he's already, you know, shown a, a pretty solid ability um, to play in, in all situations. Hasn't really gotten that sheltered his own starts the last two seasons. They've been favorable, and he might have to take on some more D-zone starts for sure. Um, but, yeah, I just think he's going to be eating a ton of power play minutes, going to be playing 19, 20 minutes a night. Uh, you know, I, I think the wingers should be better this season, assuming that Caulfield is actually going to get a full run. Uh, should. Yeah, and I just think, uh, yeah, if we're looking at guys to you outperform. And a guy like Mike Hoffman into the mix helps a ton. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's, you know, all of a sudden, it, yeah, any, you know, any sort of worry that there is with losing Shea Weber's presence on the power play is obviously just well, squash completely bombs. with Hoffman. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think if you're looking at someone to outperform their ADP and to really perform past what we've seen from them so far in the NHL, uh, Suzuki is the really obvious one. I, you know, coming into his age 22 season, his role set to grow. Like I said, the wingers look a little bit better around him. They're buzzing after reaching the final last year. Uh, I just think he's going to take over this team and, and take a really big step forward this year. Uh, you know, I'd be expecting something around 60 points, but he's one of those guys where we really don't know because obviously we haven't seen the best from him. He's still getting better year to year. So, uh, yeah, just a, a ton, a ton of upside and, and wanted to mention him here. Yeah, no, there's, there's absolutely no doubt that this is probably the premier center to... Yeah, to and I love where you can step. get him at too, right? His ADP yeah, is like 98 right now. It's not right going now. too crazy right now. Yeah, he, like that upside is baked into it a little bit, but it's not enough where, you know, you have to take him as your even your number yeah. two center. And there's obviously... I think we can all agree there's a good chance that he breaks into the top 20 fantasy centerman this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, like he's going 93.4 right now, right around Evgeny Malkin and Anze Kopitar. Obviously, guys with a little bit more proven track record. Um, but I, I think that there there is definitely upside here. And the, the one thing that's really interesting is you, you said that the shot volume wasn't great. But then if you take a look at the playoff run where yeah. he was outstanding, he, he was, was going close, nuts. He was yeah. up closer to 19 minutes a night. He was, uh, if you extrapolate his 22 playoff games over a full season, 198 shots. So he's he's reaching obviously two- against premier competition. Yeah, exactly. Not, except for the Maple Leafs, but but he, he's he's reaching that uh, that 200 shot plateau that would really be kind of like what he would need to do to you know score 25 goals with 50 assists this year. And I think that that's a that's a a stat line that he could definitely attain. Yeah, absolutely, and, and yeah. It, like I said, if you're looking at someone to really kind of break past what we've seen from them so far, he's the he's like when you're reading through the centers and uh, and a lot of these centers are guys that have just been around the block for so long and you know what you're getting. Them. He's just the one guy that sticks out so much. Yeah, he's like, the exciting he's really, option. Yeah, he's the only one that could really like just. That's why it'll be interesting to see how much the ADP climbs because I feel like people are going to see him so in that in a way, same he's range. Almost like a sleeper at the yeah. moment, but it might not. I feel like only Kings fans are going to take Kopitar over Suzuki. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 
even though Kopitar is probably a safer pick. A little bit of a higher breakout. Um, I'm, I'm going to go a bit more down the board here. And someone who we've brought up a lot on the show. Um, let's hope he can stay healthy. But Nico Heischer out in New Jersey. Um, big C on his chest. Let's hope that, you know, there's no crazy, oh, that injury last year. I, I believe it was his sternum ruptured or something ridiculous. It was not made on that. It was just absolutely bonkers. One of the craziest injuries I've ever heard. I don't heard. think bones can rupture, but if he, they can. Hopefully it's not your sternum. It wasn't that bad, but it was something just bonkers. I remember being like, ooh, that's not good. Either way, an absolute breakout, breakout candidate because he hasn't necessarily played any games as of late. Um, we only got him for 21 games last year, but that was good for 11 goals. Um, get over the injuries. He's got a knack for scoring, and he's going to be the number one centerman out in New Jersey, likely. Um, you know, Obviously, it might be a 1A, 1B thing out there, but um, either way, you pay first overall for a guy like this. You expect a little bit better production than what he's been giving you, and uh, that's why this breakout's a little too easy, um, choosing a, a former first overall pick. But um, we did see him give us a 20-32 and 32 season um, in his rookie campaign, and that was across just less than 82 games. Fully capable of 25-35 and 35 if healthy. And, you know, at, the, at this point, he's 22. Um, he still hasn't it, – it, it, we saw it happen with Nathan McKinnon. Some guys just take a little bit longer to break out, not calling him a Nathan McKinnon. But at the same time, I think he's a little bit better than what we've seen from Nico Heischer. If we get 25-35 and 35 out of someone who's going – Around 160 right now, that's undrafted. Um, I think he's a great bottom-of-your-end guy and someone with just a massive ceiling, um, someone you could take a chance on. And say he does get an absolutely bonkers injury again this year, you just, you know, Honestly, chuck, like, his last year's injury was just, like, a season. leg injury. sternum. didn't rupture his sternum then, eh? <laughs> just leg. Rumors are out. Again, uh, I don't think you can rupture a bone. That sounds your sternum incredibly painful. Crazy. You're just, you're just stomach-caved. Anyways... Uh, he sure, he sure, full bill of health. Not a doctor. Yeah, not a doctor. <laughs> can confirm. But yeah, um, New Jersey's one of those teams where every piece around them just seems, you know, to be getting a little bit more, a little bit more comfortable in the NHL. We talked about the Hughes effect. Um, he, Brock loves to bring it up. Um, that, you know, Hughes is, uh, he's <laughs> good on both ends. D- hates yeah, Hughes. and at DH Jax Hughes. Um, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah, but, uh, he's gonna be better as well as he sure, um, yeah, I, for something a little bit better this year. And, and I think, um, this is someone you can take a flyer on. Only being drafted in 5% of leagues right now. Yeah, and it would honestly days. not be a DFO pod season preview for the center position if someone didn't talk about Nico Heischer as 100%. a breakout. Yeah. So thank you, B. Yeah, I got it on for doing that. Yeah. And it also just gives us a chance to throw some shade at Jack. At Jack. So yeah. I'm sure it'll be yeah. great yeah. this year. I wanted to bring it up while we were talking. But I just say, I'm sure he'll have a fantastic year. I wanted to bring up Jack Hughes while we were talking about Hughes since we're talking about Nico. Uh, Someone he, should, but Hughes is it's only not going to be me. 147th right now, which is really late for somebody who is going to play in, in, in tremendous amount of minutes uh, for that team this year. So Yeah. Uh, obviously, Nico was out the majority of last year, but Jack averaged 19 over 19 minutes a game, uh, 31 points in 56 games to just continue to, to develop uh, this year. So I, I think both of them are, are huge targets. I think, you know, bringing in a guy like Dougie Hamilton is going to make that power play a lot better. Uh, a lot of their kind of, um, you know, potential fantasy targets take a little bit of a of a boost adding in a guy like Dougie Hamilton. That should be a much better uh, hockey club this season. Um, right. Yeah, Jack shot the puck a lot last year, so we'll see if that continues. Because uh, yeah, you, you imagine it's could not be gonna, eating words. It's not going to go away. Could be eating words. Also, the thing I was thinking of for Heischer, he got sinus surgery, which uh, it's not a so sternum far, break, so far but, from his sternum. but both kind of towards still like the super center painful. of the body. Like I don't want my sinus or my uh, sinuses having surgery on them. But 
Well, maybe, you know, he needed it for a long time, and now he can breathe better. See? Another reason why he's a breakout. Boom. Better sinuses. <laughs> lock, lock it in. So much more oxygen going to the brain. Yeah, Brock um, knows. He doesn't really breathe. I can't breathe uh. at all. Um, all right, my breakout is maybe a little bit of a stretch. I, I don't know if he's going to – he's probably going to go largely undrafted for the most part through throughout the month of September. But I think in, in, in Dynasty Leagues, if you don't already have him on your team – uh, I really like Josh Norris. I, I don't love the Senators as a whole, but um, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, Brady Kachuk were one of the better lines in the NHL last year. Like They were outstanding night in and night out. I feel uh, like he's the forgotten prospect there, too. Like Everyone talks about the other ones, but yeah, like, you never he, really hear about I think it's his Josh name. Norris, yeah. you know? just, it's just so, so basic. Boring. He yeah. just sounds like he was drafted in the seventh round. Yeah, He was uh, drafted in the first round, 19th overall in 2017. Ooh. He was the main part of the return for in the Eric Carlson trade. I was going to say, how did they get a 19th overall pick? No, he was the main part of the Carlson <laughs> trade. Uh, in his only year Shannon in the Ozer. AHL, he had 61 points in 56 games. He tore it up at the University of Michigan. And in his first full NHL season, he had 35 points in 56 games. Uh, as I mentioned, he is their number one center. Uh, I don't know if that you know says just about how good he is, or if that says talks about the lack of quality in Ottawa down the middle. But uh, better, he, he played sixteen and a half minutes per game last year. Uh, if you really kind of take a deeper dive into like what he like the later months of the season, like if you take a look at at you know kind of like April on, he was up closer to seventeen minutes a night. Um, you know sometimes you know much more playing eighteen minutes a night. So he's a guy that is going to be featured a lot. Uh, from April 1st on, just to give you a real number here, 17 minutes, 20 seconds a game. Uh, he had 17 points, 9 goals, 8 assists in 20 games over that stretch. So Ooh. really somebody that got hot kind of once he found a spot uh, with Drake Batherson and Brady Kachuk. So Josh Norris, like, I don't know if you even have to draft him. If you do, it would be with your last pick and just kind of take a flyer on him. But I really think, like, you know, outside of Nick Suzuki, he's like this one center that is going to be locked into massive minutes uh, right from the you know the drop of the puck, and he could really take that next step. We like um, some massive minutes. All right, uh, centers. Uh, sorry, rookie centers. There's not a whole lot to really talk about. Uh, Trevor Zegris would be number one. Uh, he is classified as a rookie. I don't even actually know. So you have to play at least twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty five games in really a single know. season to be classified as a rookie. He played twenty four last year, but that wasn't a short <laughs> season. So maybe he's not actually a rookie anymore. I, think he I don't is. know how. It We're works. not sure. I I'm not one hundred percent. He's under the twenty five game threshold, but in a shortened season, is it a percentage? I'm not really sure. No, he is. NHL has him listed here. NHL.com has him listed here as a rookie. He's still twenty five games. I didn't no, that might mean he's not if NHL.com has it listed. Yeah, it's true. Trevor Zegers, so obviously a guy that you know he. Highly touted, didn't do a ton last year. He had 13 points in 25 games, though much more of a playmaker. Doesn't score a ton. That's that's uh, a solid return, though. For, for you sure. know, for 21 points in 17. Point games. every other game for an 18 year old. Yeah, yeah I'll take that. AHL level, he had 18 points. That projects in very nicely. At the World Juniors. Hell yeah. He <laughs> double hell yeah. The other thing to similar to a guy like Josh Norris, uh, he's really kind of their only really good like center prospect. Um, like on the current roster. Wow. Like, Huge disrespect to Team Canada captain Maxime Comtois. No, yeah. center. Does he not play center for them? No, he's a winger. Huge um, disrespect to but like Ryan Getzlaff. So big disrespect. No, I don't think Comtois exactly. did not know. Ryan not Getzlaff good, also returned on a one-year deal, but he his role is clearly diminished. <laughs> to get four goals a year. Yeah. His role is clearly diminished. And they need those four Adam goals. Henry, they rely on it. His role is clearly diminished. Sam Steele just kind of seems to be locked into a third center role. He's probably never going to 
excel past that. It's really Trevor Zegers as their number one. Henrique needs to play out his contract so he can sign some bargain deals on some sick playoff teams and and get himself some more rings. Because I, I feel like that that's just the guy you want as your third line center in the in the postseason. Windsor alert, Adam Henrique. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Zegers I think is 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 got to be the number one target as like a rookie center. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think if you know if if you're going any deeper, I think Quinton Byfield maybe for the yeah for the purposes of this you know podcast if if we had to pick a rookie centerman to have a good season, Zegras seems to be the the best bet. I think overall, I like. There's really not any like poppers, but you know I know I know I know I know. There's just not enough for every position. No, really not. But we have uh, Zegras on pace last year for 181 shots over. an 82 game season so really not that bad he only shot 5.7 percent so yeah played like what 15 minutes a night too so yeah he played 15 and a half he's probably gonna play closer to 17 this year i would imagine um he's you know him and Comtois are really kind of the future of this team up front troy terry's still uh quite young and he had a nice year last year so there's not you know ricard raquel play with him too there's not a whole lot to like about anaheim but i think zegers is somebody drysdale too young players to to get excited about yeah Quentin Byfield, another guy who who's going to play some minutes, but out like unlike Zegris, Quentin Byfield's probably going to play third line minutes. If yeah, that, there's just not going to be a whole lot of minutes to Kopitar go around after Dano and Kopitar get off the ice. Yeah, Gabe Velarde still, you know, he might Wins go alert. to the wing. Windsor alert as well, but there's just not a whole lot. Anton Lundell, if he makes the Panthers, but same thing. Yeah. Like, Point per game in the finish. Yeah, no, he's, he's outstanding. But yeah, no, like, he, I would not want him in fantasy. Center. He could play on the wing, yeah. but he's still behind all the big dogs. Yeah, and for that reason, I wouldn't be surprised if Byfield goes back to the AHL this season. He, both him and Zegers had a, had a nice return in the A last year, though. Both, you know, pretty yeah. pretty encouraging for, um, yeah, down the line. But I, yeah, I would agree. It's it's kind of I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. I almost wonder if they're going to shift Byfield to the wing because I can't imagine. Kopitar's minutes getting you know trimmed down a ton in these next few years, so it kind of seems like this could kind of stunt uh, Byfield development a little bit. The Dano move because you know you don't sign Dano to that contract to play him anything less than seventeen, eighteen minutes a night. So, oh, he's gonna be eating just super hard defensive minutes against the other team's top. I I, I love Kopitar. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Kopitar's still gonna get his eighteen, nineteen minutes, and at least right. We're assuming it's gonna come down a little bit, but still, like I said, that puts him around eighteen, nineteen minutes. Yeah, it doesn't leave a lot for Byfield, and it's like, when is that picture gonna change the next few years? You know what I mean? It's it's certainly not. Yeah, so a bit of a strange one. Anyway, but uh, anything else to add, Beebs, before we uh, we head home? No, no youngins that really stuck out to me. There was one, um, but uh, apparently Brock's got him as a winger on the Avalanche, so Ooh. we'll talk about this later. Well, yeah, um, I mean, Marco Rossi could come over too. After oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we I actually yeah. he he's actually so, seems like a sick. He's over COVID now. Not yeah, to bring well, that up, but I mean, Minnesota writers are talking like he could just go right into the top six this year. He so. should. He's he got. Should. He's got the talent. But yeah. it's just like Ryan Hartman as your number two center, Victor Rask. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because if he plays the full year again. This is like, you know, absolute best case scenario. But like that guy, anyone playing the full year with, you know, that Capra's up could be worth keeping an eye on for 100%. sure. Correct. He would, like, that's the only other place he could play. Like, yeah. You've got it. Joel Erickson Eck with, with Greenway and Felino for sure. I love Joel Erickson Eck. Oh, he's the best. I think he's like the best shitty centerman. Oh, Joel? Almost like Jock, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's, you know, he's he's Philip Deneau like three years ago. Yeah. Like, the give it two or three years, yeah. everyone's going to be talking about Joel Eriksson and he's going to be penning a huge contract for some oh, basement massive. team. 
yeah. ruining developments of future yeah. byfields. Exactly. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the first preseason um, episode of the Daily Faceoff podcast presented to you by our friends at Fantrax. Uh, we will be back uh, as we normally do throughout the preseason. Our our episodes are not always released. They're all over the place. At the same time per week, but that's just because we're just trying to cram these in. we got a lot to talk about over the next few weeks, so we're going to cram as many episodes as we can. They're going to be released kind of all over the place, but <laughs> they will be fire. So but they'll I, be out. They'll, yes, they'll get 100%. Out. I'm Brock C. we got Dylan D. Michael B. Bondi. Thank you guys so much for listening to Season 7, Episode 3 of the DFO Podcast. Enjoy the Blue Stones on the way out. We will see you guys back here not next week, but next time. Yeah, we're going to be we're gonna bring not people up the middle. <laughs> up the side. To all your friends I heard you telling them that you need a man And who you can defend Well, I'd be the gasoline To keep you alive And I'd be the cold so to the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.